Lions fans and city of Detroit. When we're on 16, you never stop showing up. You're disappointed, but you never stop showing up. Every week you showed up. And this motivated me to do the same thing for you. I want you to know, Michigan is our home. Detroit is our city. Lions fans are our pride. Detroit, welcome back to another episode of Line Up, a Detroit Lions podcast. I'm your host, James. With me is Andrew and Matt, as always, to give you episode 34 on this beautiful Victory Monday night. Uh, follow us on Twitter at LineUpPod and be sure to turn episode notifications on both on Spotify and Apple Music, whatever you prefer. Um, in case you missed it, the Lions showed up yesterday in Detroit, whooping, if that's the appropriate word, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars 40 to 14. Uh, lineup said this was a must win and statement game for the Lions, and uh, they absolutely lit it up right out the gate. Um, so let's get right into it, boys. How about that Detroit Lions defense? Stout. Absolutely stout. And when will you ever use the word stout when referring to a Lions defense ever again in your life? Probably never, but this week we will. Beer James is the first Houston. thing that comes to mind, so. <laughs> <laughs> James Houston, uh, another good performance. Hutch Kaminsky with this giant center block hand. Club. And just good enough secondary play to, to bury the Jags. So defense is getting better every week. And hopefully when we get the York Bros back together, we can uh, create even more pressure. So great performance on the defensive side of the ball, holding a pretty decent offensive team in Jacksonville to – a relatively low scoring total. So nice job on the whole again for another week by this Lions D. Yeah, I mean, that game was awesome to watch. I feel like we haven't had a game that was so complete in probably like five years or more. Probably since it feels like since like Calvin Johnson was around and we were beating teams scoring 45 points or something like that. That was uh, that was just like an enjoyable Sunday. I feel like we just haven't had in a long time. Both sides of the ball, you know, even special teams, kicking, everything. It just seems like it was – such a well put together game against a team that when you look at their record, we were, we were even, you would think that it was going to be a tough battle. And, you know, at the end of the day, it just seemed like we're not in the same category as that Jacksonville team right now. It seems like we're definitely far and away superior in a lot of ways. And going into the game, like I think the line was pretty much even, maybe we were were minus one or something like that. So a lot of people didn't know what to expect there. And I think we really sent a statement that, even though our record is five and seven right now, you know, we're, we're coming, we're getting better. And I think a lot of people are you know, starting to look at the lines like, oh, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're making some noise. And hopefully the schedule that we have for the rest of the year is uh, favorable enough to, to keep this momentum going. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, if you want to just praise the offense for a little bit, you know, we had eight drives, right? We scored points on every single drive. Uh, NFL research was saying that like no team has, has done that in the regular season in the last four years. So pretty cool stat to own now. Um, I, I feel like someone has had to do that. I feel like I, I always go back to that, uh, 
that Chiefs Rams game back in like 2018, where it was like 55 to 52 or something nuts. It's it's hard to believe that you know like someone else hasn't done that. But again, for Lions now to own that under their belt, their belt, it's it's pretty awesome. They're they're clicking, they're they're in rhythm, they're in tune, um, and and they're just doing everything that you know us fans could be asking for right now. Uh, you want to talk about how how well you know these receivers played, uh, just the chemistry that you know he you know. Goff is forming with, you know, a healthy St. Brown, Shark, huge game. Player of the game almost, you can say, from a bounce back, you know, uh, rough start to the year and just sort of a little revenge game after, you know, how he ended in Jaguar land. So, um, I mean, guys, give me give me a little praise. Even Raymond, you know, uh, Reynolds getting getting a lot of volume. You know, like, what, what, did, what did you guys love just from this, this the, the trio or even the quad group of guys, you know, from the receiving end? just spreading the ball around. And I think the time in the pocket for golf is yesterday. He had all day to throw and the Jags really didn't know who to cover next. And St. Brown was getting open regardless of who was on him. He was just destroying that the linebacking core in the secondary. So I think, you know, Swift, like we talked about before the pod, um, getting out of the backfields and making plays upon reception, you know, yards after catch for him is, it's really opening up things in the middle of the field because the linebackers are just drawn to him now. And we get these speedsters in the middle to just destroy them like Raymond and St. Brown. And now we get Shark down the field. who's looking a lot better the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, we can get Jameson to pair with DJ and Reynolds can be that hybrid middle of the field slash deep threat. It's, that's going to be an offense, like an offensive juggernaut if the offensive line can keep it up. I mean that's that's a that's a full fledged attack, and Brock Wright's been doing just enough receiving, but he's been p- playing very well in <clears throat> pass protection. Um, you know, we we didn't see a lot of James Mitchell, but Brock's Brock Wright's done a great job in Hawks' absence, and this this offense is really coming in, in coming into its own. And uh, hopefully, we can get more of the same next week in a in a really really big game. I'm curious to see how much JMO. I mean, once he's fully healthy, I assume he's that or close. I know he's gonna. They were easing him in a little bit on the snap count this week, but like, how much does his deep threat open it up for everyone else? Like St. Brown, obviously, he's been so elite at you know his game. He's going over the middle, catching the whether it's five, eight, ten yard passes. How much more is he gonna get open now once JMO gets out there? You know, I feel like you can't be double teaming three different guys. You know, someone's going to be open a lot of the time or you're just going to get the big play. And if Goff can connect with, with Williams on the outside or something like that, you know, we're setting us setting ourselves up for success there. So I'm, uh, I'm real curious to see how that plays out. I think everyone's just really excited by what the team's been doing so far. Um, the receiving core, yeah, like, you know, Chark has been solid lately. You know, that homecoming type of game for him against his former team. It was big. St. Brown, you know, my prediction was great. He had a career day pretty much. I feel like we're saying that almost every week. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, just like Matt was saying too, like everyone's been working together very well. And I think, uh, you know, the future's bright with the rest of the receiving corps. Curious to see how the rest of the year goes. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, just again, to, to to praise, you know, this team. And again, like there was so much hype just about, you know, Jamison coming back. I think we all uh, were a little over excited because, you know, Again, I think it, it was the amount of volume he got was exactly what, you know, the coaches, you know, should should have never done anything less with that. I mean, like getting eight, eight, you know, appearances on the field, eight snaps, uh, getting one incomplete pass. Unfortunately, it was just, you know, to get a look. But, um, yeah, got to got to stretch the legs, got to condition a little bit. And, you know, again, like 
I think the the hype will just come right back now for this Vikings game, and I think his just volume share is going to increase, and hopefully it'll be the big one when we're actually at MetLife uh, for that third game for him. Hopefully that's his explosion game uh, against a Sauce Gardner-type matchup. That would be sick to see. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, St. Brown, you, you can't say enough about this guy. I mean, another, you know, 10-plus reception day, 100 yards, two scores, the guy's getting open. He's getting separation. He's untouchable. I mean, he, he, he deserves to be in contention in, in a top 10, top something category of wide receivers right now. Um, Goff is, you know, really locking in with him, but you know, this is, this is a lot credit due to him and his game and his work ethic. And I mean, he's crushing it, uh, four to four, four on third down conversions, all third and longs too. I mean, like he, he, he found ways, to get open found ways to get additional yards after catch. He's incredible like that. He is, I th- he, I feel like he's like a golden Tate juggernaut when it comes to, you know, yards after catch. And, you know, he's, he's just really spacing out the, uh, the field. It's, it's been awesome to see. So Andrew, I'll give you props on that. As you nailed that player prop, you, uh, you went uh, nine for a hundred plus and a score for St. Brown. Uh, so you absolutely crushed that. Matt, you also crushed yours, got two scores and 200 yards. I feel like he had that at halftime. And then um, I had 65 shark yards and a hutch sack. Um, we all hit it, man. We all cashed out, even though that was uh, no, no real bet on FanDuel or anything. But uh, nice. I think we hit the trifecta finally for first time in a long time. So that was awesome. Um, so, guys, let, let's let's sort of like switch areas on the offensive side now and, and sort of go into uh, this – the I guess the the growth of DeAndre Swift right um and a lot more volume this week uh breaking down the snap count um you know Swift at 39 Jamal 23 um what'd you guys see out of that um because I mean I think you can you can say a, a lot about both of these guys after yesterday's game I mean uh, interesting right I think is the, is the first word it comes to nine just looking at the pure snap count percentage but um, Jamal in the red zone has been money. Like he's been the most money back in the red zone in the entire league. So to see DeAndre get a bulk of the carries in the middle of the field doesn't bother me as long as he's producing. He had an average game, like nothing earth shattering. He had a couple, couple of good receiving plays out of the backfield, which stood out to me. But um, we talked about that already. Um, I, I think this was more of an opportunity for DeAndre to show himself, more of a showcase for him from the coaching staff, I think. Like, here, here's your opportunity. Go out and see what you can do. Uh, did he blow the doors off of his opportunity? Probably not. But um, like we mentioned before, as long as he keeps receiving the ball out of the backfield and taking that linebacker heat off golf and that offensive line and, and you know, getting yards to the catch and yards to the contact when he does make a reception, then, then he's – doing his job. That's going to be his role. I think moving forward, um, you know, him, him, him and Jackson, and then letting Jamal be that spearheaded running back, you know, breaking tackles and, and being our chunk yardage guy. But um, interesting to see the percentage there, nothing too earth shattering and, and look for Dre to be more of a receiver out of the backfield. I think that's going to be his role moving forward. Yeah. Who has a better job in the NFL than Jamal Williams? You know, all you do is just go out there on the one yard line, score touchdowns, fans love you. I feel like that's awesome for him. But looking at the snap counts, like you said, for Swift, no, 50%, I feel like is maybe it's a little bit lower than you would want, you know, for a, a feature back like that. But if, if we want to keep him healthy and get the most out of him, I feel like that's, that's the sweet spot for like the core that we have in the backfield there. If we get him between 50 to 60% of snaps, 
Jamal obviously does his thing, and then Jackson is that fill-in guy that really can, you know, give those guys a breather and, you know, fill that role as needed. Another me, great that, game by him, too. Yeah, like, to, to me, that that's all we really need, especially, like, you know, in a game like what we had this weekend, I got to look at how many, like, what the snap count was in the second half because the game got a little more out of hand. It was a little more comfortable, so, like, we don't need to push these guys as much. Okay. So maybe that snap count for Swift is getting up to – you know, 55, 60, 65% from there if we really needed him out there. Uh, but but I, I feel like to to keep him healthy and keep this team, you know, off the injury report, this is kind of the, the way we have to do it for the rest of the year because this is the healthiest we've been in, what, three months, probably since week one or two. Easily. And we played our best game by far of the season. So I, I don't know if there's a, you know, I, I don't know if that's a coincidence to say that we played a great game and everyone was healthy. So, you know, if that's what you have to do, you know, that that's perfectly fine and, and sign me up for that every time. We don't need him out there for 95% of snaps. Yeah, and, and, and in terms of touches, he tied, you know, his high of the season at 18, right? So he's he's right there. I think that that's a good thing because, you know, he hit that 18 when he was 100%. So him to, to, to get to that number again and again, uh, talk about just, you know, that I'm trying to remember if that was like the second quarter or – uh, the third, there was just so much offense. Um, yeah, third, third quarter, actually not to jump too far into the game, but like he had those two plays in the red zone, back-to-back handoffs. I mean, his vision was incredible. It reminded me a little bit of like Le'Veon Bell back in like, you know, prime Steeler, uh, time when he, you know, sort of while, like you know, hopped and, and, and danced in the backfield for like, you know, one or two seconds and then exploded. Right. And once he found that opening and the first play got it, got him like around 10 yards. And then that next play, he actually got in the end zone after that, you know, like dancing in the backfield and then cut to the outside play and he just got right in. So vision definitely improved due to, you know, how I think shaky it was over the last few weeks. And we've, we've, we've absolutely called that out. Uh, you know, in recent episodes about, you know, just where's his headspace right now. And it seems like he's lost. So, I mean, definitely a nice bounce back. I think, you know, again, this upcoming week, another home game, uh, the confidence is if not right back to where it was, I think that's exactly the type of game he needed. And I think if anything, we'll expect a little more out of him now going into the, you know, division rival. I mean, to beat Minnesota, we're going to need it. So. Oh, you got to do the same game and, and maybe a little more. A little more. So, I mean, this is this is probably, I mean, each game, I guess, gets more important as the week goes on, especially now that it's December. But, um, you know, again, it's just looking at the offense is now what it's like almost five, five games in a row now scoring 30 plus uh, something like that. So, I mean, like the offense is right in a groove. It's it's the defense now just continually, you know, improves and, and, and showing up and, and making a name for themselves. So that's that's the side of the ball that we need to, you know, have an A plus, you know, uh, performance. And and I, I fully believe that that's they're, that they're capable of doing that, especially after this this game this week. So a little more praise, though, for the for the defense. I mean, just, you know, like talk like right out the gate, right? You know, ETN gets like, you know, four or five um, yards on that first carry gets the, gets the set, the second play of the game goes like 10, 11 yards. gets absolutely cracked by Elliot, right? Turns the ball over, you know, we get the ball. We obviously capitalize on that. Um, outside of that, I mean, these, these young guys, these rookies, these, these two year pros and everyone else on this roster who really, doesn't really have a name known around the league, uh, probably outside of Hutch, is making just 
incredible plays. So, I mean, Matt, talk to me about like, again, week after week, how these numbers on at least the PFF end and, and where these guys are standing out across, you know, league averages, where, where they're shaping up and how they're comparing to these, you know, like actual true Pro Bowl NFL talent. I mean, this is really my first year of really delving into PFF, PFF numbers. We really didn't do that a lot last year, yeah. you know, on the pod, you know, but a name that I see on PFF, if I just peruse through player position categories for defense every week is Deshaun Elliott. He's popping up, you know, in coverage. He's popping up in turnover categories, special teams categories. He's you can peruse a whole slew of defensive stats, and he's he's he'll he's bound to be in one within the top fifteen. So I, I think you know forcing that fumble on that in the first drive is you know kind of like the crowning achievement for him of the year. Like that's like his 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 coming out party, essentially. And then, you know, we talked about Rodrigo before the pod ranking 23rd amongst all qualified defenders yesterday in pass coverage, you know, you know, 15 out of 17, really, really great for a guy who's a tackling machine to, to be, you know, playing so well in pass coverage as a linebacker, which was a huge void for us at the start of the season. Love that. And, you know, James Houston, another sack yesterday, young kid from Jackson State playing really well. Um, kind of bookending what Hutch and Kaminsky have been doing. It, it's it's great to see that our, our you know late round picks are coming into their own, and you know it's 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 basically playing with house money. You know you don't expect a lot uh-huh. out of these guys, but they're they're coming out and performing. And, and James Houston, especially that guy, pass rush. He's a force. He's strong and fast. So we can get Romeo back on the field. <sighs> With those guys playing well, we know what Romeo can do when he's healthy. But man, those guys are playing their asses off. It's 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 just so impressive to see. And and for guys who potentially could have just been like you know going into like that sixth round in the draft, like you're hoping for a really good practice player, you know. And <laughs> this guy's making an impact. So Andrew hit it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's like fifty fifty that they even make the team once you get past the fourth round or so, and we got just player after player just coming out there and making an impact, which is just awesome to see from the front office perspective. Uh, but, you know, one thing that you were you were talking about before we hopped on here was uh, the rookie sack numbers. And Hutch is obviously leading the league with six right now. And tied for second is James Houston. He's, what, 17 snaps that he's played all season or whatever it is. That is – that kind of blew my mind. Uh, he's mm-hmm. been, you know, active for, what, two games, and he's already tied for second – and the only guy ahead of him is his teammate. And, like, it just – I mean, it speaks to the capability of the front office for finding these guys, you know, the the work ethic that James Houston has in, you know, in practice throughout the season, everything like that. Like, apparently, everything that I've seen was preseason, you know, everything like that. He wasn't at the point where he really was going to be an impact player. And then now they're saying, like, Panay Sewell, Taylor Decker, everyone's saying that he's just been – you know, getting better and better, so much stronger every week, and now he's actually going to be a force for the team. So it's it's awesome to see that. And you know, like you said, like if we keep getting these guys in the late rounds, you know, the physical talent, and you can just coach them up a little bit, then you know that's awesome. Love to see it. It's it's truly remarkable that you know the the imprint he's left in on this team and across the league already that he's actually just you know as you said like just number two in sacks tied. Uh, and then you look at like, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau and, you know, just Trayvon Walker and all these other guys who, you know, are legit, you know, five-star talent. Um, and, and 
you know, again, sacks doesn't define us as a team, uh, you know, a player's success, but I mean, the fact that we're getting these names up on there is, is truly something. And uh, you know, they're coming at great times too. I mean, Houston looked great yesterday, as you, as you guys both said, um, just that Ben swim move that he's got going on and he's just ducking under these tackles and he's forcing incredible pressure. I mean, he, he forced some, some, real quick passes out of Lawrence to avoid additional sacks. And, you know, those, those came on big second and third down plates, you know? So, I mean, he, he was a, he was disruptive. And um, uh, again, I'd love to see like, you know, that, that volume go up for him, at least on the snap count next week again, because I mean, ride the hot hand, ride the hot card. And um, it's definitely something that, you know, we're going to need. And and as you, as you said too, Matt, like the Okara brothers, if, you know, if they ever get to play again together, you know, this year, just having a fully healthy team, it's going to be a pretty scary thing, especially as these guys grow into the future. Last point, run defense grades yesterday per PFF. Um, just grading running defenders. Deshaun Elliott, number four PFF for week 13. 90% run defense grade yesterday. 16 opportunities and a 90% grade for him. So that's just uh, – he's up there with guys like Roquan Smith and, you know, TJ Edwards, Ryan Neal. These, these are like premier defenders. So – great game for Deshaun Elliott yeah I think when we spoke about Pro Bowl rankings a week or two ago he is I think top six in his respective position so just to get another under the radar line that's making uh, a a really big name for himself and again I think everyone loses their interest once it's like you know Pro Bowl time but you know again that's 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 an honor it's an accolade you know that that basically means that you are an all-star at your position right um there's a little bias with the with the fans voting but again the fact that he's even there right now and his name's growing uh, it's definitely a positive for us and it's just showing that you know you you know this rebuild is going the right way this really is because I mean Everyone is is standing out now, if anything, more on the defensive end because our offense has just been, you know, so fiery and, and so clicky. So, um, again, it's 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 awesome to see. And you just hope it now carries over into Sunday. And for, I mean, Pro Bowl voting, I feel like fans will – like if you get the fantasy football effect, it's like St. Brown is having a great year. So you, you could be voting for him for that. You know, we had hard knocks. So a guy like Hutchinson obviously was a main point. A guy like Elliott didn't really show up on the camera in hard knocks. So for mm-hmm. him to be – know really high in the voting like that to even be considered with a team that you know if you're honest the the Lions are probably not the most you know televised franchise for this season at least uh so for him to get the praise that he's getting like that with the voting that's you know I feel like that says a lot to you know the play that he's had so far and a lot of other guys too four yeah and and again just with the Rams continuing to sink you know, that, uh, that pick continues to get more favorable for us. Um, and again, if anything, the hardest question is, you know, you know, what, what position we have to take, uh, you know, come April, so be it, you know, that's not ours. And then we get, you know, wherever we end up right now, um, I don't care with our pick because if we keep going further to 30, that means we're doing something right this month and we're potentially going to be, you know, that sleeper playoff team. So I think the respect's getting there. I think people are, again, starting to fear us. Uh, and the the wild part is not not to switch to this Vikings game is that, you know, the, the line for this game now has already moved from, you know, being two-point underdogs to, like, two-point favorites right now. So we can talk about that a little more later in the episode, but, you know, the line's changing already, and it's, and it's Monday afternoon. 
Yeah, so let's give a, a little cornerback love secondary. Uh, I think this was, oh, you know, overall a really nice game, uh, you know, for the collective bunch. Um, you know, Jeff, again, coming off of uh, a missed game against the Bills due to a concussion. Um, bounce back game, again, just a uh, nice stat line against at least these one-on-one -on -one opportunities. And then again, Jerry Jacobs continuously, you know, finding himself in in headlines and, and also in the stat line. So, um Matt, what did uh, would you would you love about them at least uh, from containment? I think just Jerry taking the load off Jeff is the big thing, right, guys? I mean, you know, we were looking for Armani to rear his head, and that's just I don't think it's, just, it's not going to happen this year, unfortunately. I think he's just taking a step back, and that and that happens from time to time. But um, it's you know Jeff's PFF grade of sixty four eight, and Jerry you know a little bit better sixty four nine. And then, you know, if you take those PFF coverage grades and isolate them for cornerbacks and safeties, um, Jerry ranks 46 for week 13 out of all coverage grade safeties and cornerbacks. So um, it's Jerry Jacobs is getting better and better with each individual week. Jeff is just balling out the whole year. We don't got to worry about him so much. I'd like to see Melon Fondu take a step up now that Amani's been banged up and you know, he's, he's been in and out of rotation. It's if we can get one more solid coverage guy back there with the two of them to kind of bookend with, you know, Kirby, it would be a nice, nice bookend for what our defensive ends are doing with our front, you know, how well our front's playing. So kudos to Drake Jacobs, Jeff still balling out like always. We're going to need them both next week against Thielen and Jefferson. So uh, they're going to have their work cut out for him and, I'm really looking forward to see what Jerry can do next week more so than Jeff, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. And some last minute praise for, for Anzalone, man. I mean, this guy, you know, Thor running all over the field right now, making plays to making hits um, that third and eight yesterday. Uh, he, he read that like a book, you know, Lawrence dropped back, did a little dump off to ETN crushed him. Absolutely pounded him into the ground. Um, another again, force punt completely killing momentum for the Jaguars. Anzalone has been, uh, there's not enough to, to like, or just there's nothing bad to say about him right now. I mean, he is he is filling his own right now, and and he's he has become an integral part of this team. Um, and I I love everything he's doing. I just don't. What's his contract situation? Does anyone know offhand? I believe he signed a one year deal after last year. Yeah, he back. did. He's anything. Okay. It was two, but he's he's definitely not long term. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, like, I feel like he fits the mold right now. And um, I think he, he's shown up another, another, you know, mid seventies PFF rating for him. Um, he's finding the ball, you know, just like Malcolm is, is, is finding himself in the top rankings for, for, you know, getting, getting to the body and making a tackle. And um, you know, the, these guys are holding our own. I would have never, again, uh, the amount of tweets that we probably posted in the off season about how scary our linebacking core is right now. And they, they've been proving us wrong and they're getting better every single week. So just, a, a, again, a, another little last minute praise by them and, and how they're balling right now. Yeah. I mean, for $2.25 million, it looks like that's what his contract was. Bargain. I feel, I feel like you're not going to get a better return on investment than that so far this year. So mm -hmm. pretty cool. And then, I mean, the one guy I just want to give a quick shout out to is uh, Badgley. You know, I, I feel like we talked about it last week and the week before or whatever, but he's he's been as consistent as, as they come, you know, as as reliable as you really can have as a kicker, you know, besides Justin Tucker. You know, he's he's been doing everything, asked of him and more. You know, any, if it's in the 40, 
to 50 range of yards every time he's just splitting it. You know, extra points he's not missing. So hopefully he keeps it up. You know, I feel like he's a veteran enough to, you know, to have some, you know, good good years in his past. And he, he's just finding that again. It's, it's a tough life as a kicker. You know, sometimes you just bounce around from team to team and you just got to find the right home. And hopefully Detroit is it for him and we can keep him for a while as long as he keeps uh, producing the way he is. But shout out to him because the kicking woes, you never want those. And we've had our fair share of them recently. And it's good to finally have someone that you could uh, – you could trust when he's running out there and not be scared for your life. So good shout out to him. He gave us 16 field goal points yesterday. I mean, that's, that's huge, right? When you're talking just, you know, four extra points and four field goals. I mean, the guy's got iron lungs right now. Right. And the guy has been so clutch for us. He has put everyone at such ease when, you know, we're on the, the 30, the 28, the 32, that, that rough area where it's like, do we go for it on fourth and three? I, you know, did we even go for fourth down? I, we probably didn't have to honestly yesterday, but again, I think that speaks a lot about the confidence and the, and the rebuild confidence that we have with the secondary team or the special teams team. And, uh, you know, it's 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 been great to watch, and yeah, I'm I'm always nervous. I think just when we are kicking field goals, but it's getting easier every single time when this guy's taking the field because he's been a dart, and uh, he he's done tremendous for us right now. And again, that's one less problem that we have to worry about right now. So just ride high until you know. Uh, hopefully, we don't have to run into it. It just has his time end in Detroit down the road. But uh, right now, he's 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 crushing it, and it, it's it's so clutch that you know we're getting you know. Uh, double-digit points from him every single week because he, he's a trustworthy kicker. Guys, last point on Anzalone. For the last um, three weeks or four weeks, we send a week 13. Only one other linebacker has played more snaps than Alex Anzalone. That's Christian Kirksey. 205 total defensive snap counts for Anzalone, number two in the league. Anzalone played the whole game, I think, on defense, 100%. Yep, amongst all linebackers, second second most snaps for the last four weeks total for him. It just he's up, he's up on the field, can't get him off, kind of guy. Love that. Which is which is awesome because that guy couldn't get off a chair during hard knocks. You know, he was he was hurt. You know, again it's the off season, but uh, again that's that's another critical thing is that you know we have these very shallow positions right now, and again this is the fact that he's not even taking a breather for one play says a lot about you know um, him wearing that C on his chest. So nice to see. Keep riding, Thor. So um, just some other notes now, just, you know, through, you know, uh, 12 games now, Goff's just cracked over 3,000 passing yards, um, which I feel like is pretty respectable uh, for the most part. So he's probably on pace for, you know, that that low 4,000. Um, Jamal's, you know, right around that cusp of 800. He's at 770 right now. And, uh, you know, say Brown, 830 right now through 12 games. I mean, with five to play, I think it's fair to say that he's looking at, you know, like a, tw- a 1300 yard season. I mean, I, it's, it's almost shocking if he doesn't get that now, if he's still getting his target shares of, of, you know, 12 plus a game. Um, it's, it's, that's an offense that we haven't had honestly since, since Calvin left. Yeah. And you got to remember he missed a few games too. Same Brown, like banged up, missed a couple. Yeah. So you can imagine he- that he'd be, what over a thousand at this point? Still five games to go. You know he'd be pushing the fifteen hundred mark, maybe Very higher true. if he was healthy for the whole year, which is Very awesome. True. He's our guy. Yeah, he's 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 wide receiver one, right? And uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I think the most worrisome thing is next year's year three, and 
then it starts getting into contract talks. And I, I hate the fact that's like the worst thing about football is just how fast these seasons go. And then before you know it, um, you got to have that conversation of, oh, is this person going to resign with us long-term or not? So I don't even want to think about that right now. Guy's balling for us right now. The sun God's doing big things and um, he's absolutely making his way to, to pro bowl territory and, and hopefully even breaking some more single season lines records. So, well, and, and, and another record, I, I know that, Jamal just being at 14 right now, league leader, of course. Uh, but they did say that Barry Sanders in uh, in season record, he he's closing on that. Do you actually know what that number is? Is that a Lions record or NFL record? I'm assuming Lions, right? Probably franchise. I'm gonna say it's a season record. So, 17, Barry Sanders, 91. Stat Muse. Yeah. 17 touchdowns in a season? Is that what you're saying? For yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jamal's going Jamal's to get that. Hey, if you get, get the ball in the one-yard one line, it's happening. So. Uh, listen, with the way our offense is humming right now, how, he's going to – I feel like he's going to eclipse that. Anybody, anybody disagree? I, I, I mean, the, the fact that – we're, we're getting the ball inside the five uh, on, a, on a consistent basis. We're, we're getting opportunities. You could even say that, um, you know, Swift took some looks from him yesterday too. But at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to fight over, you know, who's who's getting the ball as long as they're both getting in the end zone and actually making plays. I could care less. Yeah, same. I feel like it's, you know, it's splitting, splitting hairs. But Jamal's got how many right now? Remind me, 14? 14. League leader. Right, we have five games left. Yep. Twenty? You think he pops to twenty? A couple of games where he gets two or three, and then he gets one every other game. You think is twenty unreasonable? To, to I mean, if, if I think it depends on where 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 Swift, you know, just ends up this season. If if he's healthy, I think that changes, and I would say he's probably just shy under that. But if Swift does hit, you know, the inactive list for a game or so, I think. Anything's possible again. I, it was just you know, funny. I was so heavy on Jamal Betts yesterday. I was like, there was a prop that, you know, he was 40 yards rushing, 50 yards rushing in another. I would have sprinkled that in because I was like, that's a no-brainer right now. The guy's, you know, easily getting 65 yards a, ca- um, a game right now. Of course, you know, he had a very quiet game outside of that touchdown. He ended up with 35, so all my, uh, my parlays just completely died. <laughs> but uh, take the win, always. Yep. I feel like he's going to tie Barry with the seventeen. I think um, that's that's very I reasonable. Like well do. I, I feel like there's always records like that. I feel like there's always a tie in it or something along the lines, along the way. So I feel like that's what that's what my gut says. But it'd be tough to have our season rushing leader or most touchdowns in a year not be Barry Sanders. I don't know. I feel feel kind of weird. So not that I'm rooting against it, but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. So. Now, um, yeah, now we uh, we sit and wait uh, as fans, just pretty much going into uh, this week. Uh, we, the, I think the best thing is that we actually avoided injuries uh, this game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had a, a pretty scary uh, fall against, you know, on, on Houston's tackle. But um, for the most part, the Lions are in good shape. They're in really good shape. Um, and uh, I think that's the best thing that, uh, you know, we can at least expect now for practice this week is a very smooth and, and 
and focus practice for, you know, the next few days and then, you know, get our heads right for, for Sunday's matchup. So um, what are you guys thinking? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm all jitters right now. I'm anxious for this game. I can't wait for it. Um, just going back to what I said before, this line has moved multiple points now within a day. Um, not much news has come out. Not like anyone's injured on the, on the Vikings. That's critical to their, you know, offense, but um, you know, what, what, what's just, your, your initial thoughts right now about like, you know, where we are. I mean, like this is, this is the best time in my opinion for us to play a division game. It really is after, after getting so close to the bills, proving that we can play against any Super Bowl contender. I think we, we, we prove that now just playing with the Eagles on opening day bills there and um, any other top team that we played this year, we held our own. So, I mean, what are your thoughts? Uh, the action network has a, a luck, rating or a luck statistic that they use a bunch of numbers for and it's spits at a luck percentage the vikings are number one in overall league luck when it comes to schedule versus weighted results and i don't think it's any surprise given the number of close games they've had they should have lost yesterday too um i watched the majority of that game the jets had more than one opportunity despite how bad mike white looked at times um Kirk yeah, Cousins fill us in on that. How did how did how did they actually like break that down? If there's any like key things from yesterday, because I I actually didn't see a single play. Key nuggets that I saw, honestly, when Kirk Cousins has a clean pocket, he's as good as they come. When he's mm-hmm. under pressure, he looks like a deer in the headlights. He looks terrible under pressure. Like he turns his head, he throws the ball wildly. Like Dalvin Cook looks really good. I will say Dalvin Cook he looks actually healthy. Like he's running at full steam. Mm-hmm. Um. The feeling something's off there. Hawk is just Hawk. Like he'll get his touches or get his he'll get his receptions. But it, you watch the Vikings. Their their front their front four is really good. You know Harrison Smith, the linebacker. Like these guys, they have a good front and defense. Their secondary is very sus. Like and during that game yesterday, you can see it. Um, Jets receivers getting deep receptions, yards after catch on deep receptions. So I pulled up just for fun coverage numbers on PFF. And sure, sure enough, Minnesota ranks 22 in the league with a 61 PFF grade, good for 22nd. Oh wow! So, Garrett Wilson torched them. Just yeah, he had a monster game. He's so wow. good though. Yeah. So the Vikings can be had through the air, and yesterday it really showed. Now, on the flip side of that, their rush defense is top two in the league. They're number two in rush D. Um, we can offset that with a really good offensive line play. So I think. You know, come Sunday when we get out there, we're gonna have to like protect golf and just carve them up through the air, which we can do now. Get JMO some deep balls, chuck some deep balls, and just carve them up underneath. They can be had. So I think it's just a matter of getting stops. I can see them getting a lot of stops in Minnesota actually if they play the right scheme. Um, and listen, the jig is up for the Vikings. I think it is. The line open at two and a half. I bet at two and a half. It's down to one and a half now, minus for the Lions. So. Smart people really know what's going on here, and I agree. I think this is a this is one of our biggest home games we've had in a very long time. So this is uh it's going to be a nail biter, but I think the Lions can pull it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the key factors for me, obviously, you know, Okuda on Jefferson, you know, he shut him down pretty much last game. I think that's going to be a critical factor of keeping this game close and trying to get a win. I also think that Hawkinson, you know, limiting him is going to be big. I'd rather, you know, same thing with the the Bills game. 
we didn't want to get beat by Diggs, and we didn't really get beat by him until the end. That touchdown and that that deep ball for 40 yards when they got into field goal range. I feel like Hawkinson is going to be kind of that X factor now. Like if we can shut him down, the coaching staff on our side knows everything about him. You know, they had it for years. So I feel like if we can figure out a way to take away the number one and probably number two options for them, you know, that's our chance to win the game. And I just looked at his stats a little bit since he arrived in Minnesota. Other than the first couple of games where he had about nine or ten targets, he's pretty much similar across the board as what he's been doing with them. He's got like four or five catches a game, 30, 40 yards, give or take. You know, he had that one game with 70 yards against Washington, but other than that, it's been 45 or less. And he has one touchdown. So, like, I like that we traded him for the, you know, the price that we had, you know, the picks that we got back. I hope he does well there. But I feel like if we can kind of take him away, anything that he's been giving them and shut down Justin Jefferson, I like our chances. Like Matt said, like, if Vegas is making us the favorite right now, no, they're they're smart people. They know what they're doing. So um, between that and you know winning that offensive line versus their their defensive line battle, um, those are some pieces of the game that you know if we could pull out in those, then I think uh, I, I like where we're standing at the end of the day. And that game that game swung four points on the spread in a matter of two hours. Like the reverse line movement was insane on that game. So I don't know. What people, yeah, I honestly, I've, I've never seen it so quick. Oh, it's one right. flat right now. Yeah, so getting some money back on Minnesota, and I get it, but like to see that much steam come in that quickly in a matter of a couple of hours and see that line slip the way it did was kind of wild. Um, but the last five weeks for Hawk, ranking wise, he is number 18, number 19 in the league. I'm sorry, pardon me, 26 ranking last five weeks average amongst all tight ends. So nothing earth shattering. Um, touchdowns, he's only got like one. So Given the way Malcolm and Alex are playing in coverage, I think that Hawk won't be the issue. It's going to be Adam Beelan and, and Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, uh, all, all solid points, guys. And I think they're they're the perfect definition of a bend or break type of offense. Uh, they're on a two game winning streak. You know, uh, starting from the Thanksgiving win against the Patriots. Um, and I, I think you can expect the same type of or that great or horrible results regardless of the defense that is put in front of them um they're high scoring you know uh they, they've shown it this year um but um you know the fact that we're still allowing 27 points a game is what worries me um it's it's just something that you know we need to uh really really lock in and and and, and contain Jefferson and cook more than anything. You guys made great points before just about Hawk and sort of where he is, but uh, you know, this is a make or break uh, performance, I think for our cornerbacks and, and the test that we have. Um, so our defense yeah, has to cut you off there though. You know, you said we're giving up what say 27 points a game. Still, still 27. You yeah. Said. yeah. But I mean, if you look at the recent games, you know, Jacksonville, 14 points, the bills, they're one of the most high powered offenses in the mm-hmm. league, you know, mm-hmm. holding them under 30 to what we have as our average pretty good in my book the yeah. Giants 18 and if you ask me probably should have been less than 18 you know they should had a touchdown yeah. towards the end of the game we also gave up nine to the Packers and 30 to the Bears that's a little bit of an outlier there but since that Dolphins game where we kind of turned the corner given up 31 there I feel like it's gotten you know on the defensive side of the ball we've gotten a lot better you know that point per game allowed it's definitely a lot lower at this point than what it is for the season so I feel like you in a way, you got to look at smaller windows and not look at, you know, what have we done since week one? It's what have we done the last month? What have we done in this winning streak and stuff like that? And I, I feel like 
at least in the locker room too, like, you know, phrasing it like that. Like I think Campbell said, like, you know, we're one and oh in a six game season or something like that. So it's like stuff like that, that when we look at, you know, that's what propels you to go forward. And that's going to lead right into my prediction later on, but that was a, a nice little segue there, Drew. And I, I think you're right. I think, you know, given the magnitude of the game, like what that environment's going to be, we were at Ford Field for week one. We, that environment was insane. So our defense is getting better. We're going to get Romeo back. That'll lead to my, into my prediction later on. But like you said, the last five weeks, defense is locked in, man. Just incredibly locked in. Yeah. And, uh, so right now, I mean, Lions are fifth in offense right now, 26.3 per game, uh, seventh in the NFL with 370 yards per contest. Uh, we're, we're gunning, right? Um, we're actually third best now, averaging 3.2 touchdowns per game uh, on offense. And again, we have, if anything, better weapons on offense, in my opinion. I truly believe that. Um, as you guys said, JMO, round two, um, limited snaps, but definitely a workload is going to you know progress going into Sunday and um, Jamal had a great game. His first game against the Vikings, 90 rushing yards about and two scores. Right. So, you know, that they're going to drill him again. Um, And I mean, let's, let's see what we could do. And, and at the end of the day, we should have freaking won the first game. We should have won by far. We choked that game away. We were inexperienced. We didn't have, you know, the right guys in at the right time. Coaching plays were a little, you know, uh, skeptical. But um, we're a completely changed team right now. Uh, we've learned a lot. We've come a long way. And, you know, I think this is what's going to really take us over over that hump on Sunday. So, um, but, yeah, let's let's slide right into uh, what do you guys want to hit first, both the combo game and and player or or one, one after the other? Run the combo. Okay. Let's do the combo. So, all right. So, Drew nailed it with the low scoring totals for teams. I think, I think this is going to be the defense is coming out party. I think we're going to hold, we're going to hold Minnesota under 26 points on Sunday. You know what? I'll even go under 25. How's that? Okay. Right. So, Minnesota make it 23. As a matter of fact, I'll give them 23. How's that? I'll spot them 23. Lions. Lions twenty nine, Vikings twenty three is what my is my prediction. I think is what I'm going to go with. And player prediction, I went vanilla with Jared Goff last week. I hate going vanilla. You guys know me; it's kind of boring. Um, I'm going to say Brock Wright touchdown on Sunday. I think it's everyone's getting into the mix. I think Brock Wright gets to the end zone on Sunday. Hmm, spicy, spicy. Andrew, uh, from me, I I got a feeling that we get payback on this one, and Badgley kicks a game-ending field goal for the win. So I got twenty-seven, twenty-four, tie game. We drive down. We have some some deep ball play that gets us into field goal range. You know, we have one timeout left. Something along those lines. Ice in his veins. Badgley Badgley puts it through. We go crazy. So that's what I'm thinking. That might be a little bit of a bold take, but I got 27-24, field goal for the win. And player prop, I think I'm going to go Jamo scores. Might be a little bold. Oh, you're sick. He might, not, he might not get any snaps compared to what I'm expecting. You're a sick, man. But I think that – I think last week was that, you know, BS decoy-type game 
where he's active, everyone gets hyped, he doesn't do anything. You know, he just wears the pads for the first time in a year. And now he's going to go full throttle. And I think he's going to sneak around on a deep ball, whether that's a you know 65-yard touchdown or something, hopefully. I, I, I got a feeling something like that's going to happen. Do you think in they, one of the one of the next two weeks, I think that's going to happen. I hope. It's do you think they did that on purpose, guys? Now that you mentioned it, like you think they might have held JMO back and like, yo, listen, we're not going to give Vikings anything on you until this week, and we're just going to let you loose now and, and run the scheme that we know you can run. Do you think it's even a possibility? Once they were up, you know, a they dozen no reason points. to keep them in the game. Exactly. They, I mean, that, that game was in our control the entire time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Why risk it? Why push it? Let him get his feet under him. You know, it's a great point. Wet. And yeah, I, I think I think he's coming out parties gonna be sooner rather than later. You gotta th- and also you gotta think like he was a bona fide first round pick. Like other guys that are taken in that area in recent drafts, like guys like Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle. So yeah. it's not like we drafted a guy to be like, you know, a mid round pick. This he guy was the best wide receiver, receiver in the class. Not even exactly. not even close. Not even close. Truthfully. So I mean we got we got such a great talent there. I feel like people, you know, if you're looking at him, like maybe he's a mid-level receiver. Like, no, we have an elite guy, like that type. You know, he's that dude. So I'm just waiting for that game to come. And I think yeah, it was, I think it's going to be in the next week or two. And I, yeah, I can't was, wait for it. Him, him, Traylon Burks, and literally everybody else. So, yeah, Drew is, I think, spot on again. All right. So I said last week that this was – a statement game. This is the must-win game. I am tripling down on what I said, and that is fully in effect again, times three, 300% more important this time because this is not just a division game. This is keep your playoff hopes alive. This is this is everything else to, to now go five out of six, right? So this is another blow the lid off the can type of game where we're going to win by a touchdown and we're going to make sure that we win by a touchdown because we need to let them know that they should have been swept this year and where you shouldn't have tied one-to-one. So I'm going 30-23. So that's my call. Basri's going to sprinkle in a few field goals as always because he's just that guy at Ford Field right now. He's going to boost the score up a little bit. But um, 30-23, that's what I like. I think our defense, again, is exactly just being home with these fans, with AG, coaching them, getting in line. This is going to be a game that we're going to make some serious moves. And we're forcing two turnovers. And we're going to capitalize on both turnovers. That's my that's my prediction. It's not a player. It's not anything. But we are capitalizing on the two turnovers. And that's going to be a key to victory. So that's it. That high pressure, as you said before, Matt, where where Cousins is running like a chicken with no head all over the place and he just tosses the ball up. We've seen that. We play him twice a year now. We've seen that many times. You know, we've forced fumbles from Cook before, right? So this is this is the game that they're going to do that all over again. We need Elliott to literally repeat exactly what he did to ETN on that first drive in the first quarter of, uh, of Sunday's game. That is literally like a dream for me right now. So everything they did just, you know, raise the stakes a little bit more. And that's, that's exactly what I'm going for. I'm not leaving my couch. I've made sure I have no plans. So that's my prediction. And if I had to do one single one, 
wide receiver outside of St. Brown is going to break 70 receiving yards, but I'm not going to count that. So 30, 23, two turnovers by the D and capitalize on both. I can already see Detroit Lions on Instagram posting Campbell's speech in the locker room with a win. I want that so bad on my Sunday afternoon. So I really hope I get it. Okay, I can just feel it already that it's coming. I I'm, looking at, don't let me down. I'm looking at wild card standings now. Seattle and Washington are ahead of us by a slim margin, but uh, any word on Kenny Walker? What happened to him yesterday? He's, is he hurt, hurt, Kenny Walker? I don't know enough. Yeah, I heard he got hurt yesterday. I don't know how bad, but if he goes down, that's rough for Seattle. And they're like on they're they're a fringe team like we are. So the Giants keep playing like Dookie and Seattle no Kenny Walker, and we keep playing well. I think we're we'll be in a good spot. We just gotta win on Sunday. I can't just gotta win on Sunday. Just gotta win. That's it. Literally just gotta win. Just win out, literally. That's all you can do. Oh my god. We're right there. And this is Walker says he might be available this coming week, so that that tie for for the Giants and the Commanders that hurt us because we yeah, had the kill, we, dude. We had the tiebreaker over both teams, and now unless they tie again or we tie, that tiebreaker means nothing because someone's got to have a better record either way. So that's that was painful. I know we needed at least one of them to have six losses, or or ho- hopefully the Commanders would have had six losses. We just want yeah, we wanted a chance to just be even with them in a record, and now with the we tie. Need- we need, the Giants to come out. we need the Giants to come out and beat them next week. That's what we need. Come out come out and upset them. I think that's what we gotta rip the Giants hardcore when they play when they play the commanders. That's what we have to do. Another thing to add is the Vikings clinch, not just the playoffs, but the NFC North. Um Sunday if they win. We're not letting that happen in Fortnite. Absolutely not. Absolutely not letting that happen. So Doing everything in my power as a fan to not let that happen. Yo, this team is playing for a number one seed in the conference. This bum team is playing for a number one spot. Mm-hmm. That's that's just they're one game off the pace. That's ridiculous to, to consider. They are. It, it, oh God, it's, it's actually disgusting. My lucky team to start the or or in October was the Giants, and I mean it so quickly moved to the Vikings, like. It's, it's. I can't look at this standing right now and see that they are ten and two. It's insane. And to see Tampa five and six holding the number four spot, even that's even hard to look at. It's a crime. It's an absolute crime. Leave, leave it to like the Packers just falling apart, and then the Vikings now just being like, you can't lose games, right? That's just the luck that we have to be having being in the NFC North. Unreal. I'm just, I'm just hoping it doesn't come down to Week 18 with Aaron Rodgers. That's like my biggest fear. He's gonna sit. He's done. I'm just looking. You got the Eagles have a plus one twelve point differential. The Cowboys are plus one twenty seven. And the Vikings are plus ten. They're equal with the Dolphins, the Seahawks, the Patriots are better than them. Mm-hmm. So that's the Jets too. are better than them. Oh god. Crazy man. It's crazy. They're crazy. They're ten and two. But I mean, win ball games. It doesn't matter how. Well, they look at their strength of schedule too for like the majority of the year, and it was it was it was weak, it was weak. So hopefully they got you know um, a test in December. But you know why? If anything, why do they care right now? They 
they have they are going to win one more game. They're going to be in the playoffs. So I mean they're they're not in you know any any hot water at the moment. So, but let's start uh, putting an L in the win column. Uh, win column uh, in the record column for for them on Sunday. What do you say? So I need it. I need it. I need it. I'll go to church. Whatever it takes. So all right. I think we're in a, we're we're wrapped. Right. This is this is it for tonight. This will be all, my friends. Yeah, and I, leave you, and, I, and I leave you with this. You remember when we went to Hoboken? We watched the Vikings play the play the play the Lions that one day, mm-hmm. and it was like that back and forth game. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be like that, but we're going to be on the winning end this time. We're going to channel Hoboken vibes from two years ago, and we're going to get it done. Or Let's a year do it, ago. baby. Let's that came in it. like a fifty-eight yard field goal for the win. So yeah, let's see Badgley do it against them now. Make my prediction come true. If Badgley hits a game-winning field goal, is that a bigger win than when Golden Tate caught that pass in overtime and did a front flip into the end zone? Is it even yeah. comparable? Yeah. It's that much bigger. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. But dramatic ending. We need a little of that. I need some spice in the game. Some last-minute last heroics. I think it's going to happen. Or Don't let me down. Alrighty, line up. Thanks for listening. Follow us along on Twitter, Spotify, Apple Music, the whole nine. We're here uh, talking to you guys throughout the week. Um, give us a listen and uh, let's go Lions, baby. Huge week, huge game. Let's get that win. Let's explode out the gate just like we did on Sunday against the Jaguars and don't let up. And that's really what it's going to come down to. So do not give them a single inch. And um, this is going to be another another winning week for the Lions, and we're going to be six and seven. So what do you say? We'll talk to you Monday night. Let's go Lions.